Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast alongside Kyle Porter, Rick Gaiman, and Mark Immelman. I am your host, Joe Musso. I'm kind of your host. We won't get into it. We got into it on Thursday. Uh, it is a pleasure to be sharing this desk with you gentlemen and uh, joining the pod for the week here at live from the WM Phoenix Open where we have crowned a champion. Scotty Scheffler gets the big check and defends his title from a year ago. Kyle Porter, first word is yours and that word is what? Well, it's his year has been extraordinary. I mean, you go back to that Phoenix Open last year and go, coming into that, he had had an okay season. You know, he had played some decently in some fall events, finished high in the Houston open but then as soon as the phoenix open happened he just took off five wins 14 top tens a green jacket 29 million dollars earned and world number one for 30 weeks he's now number world uh, world number one again rick and i just you know we came into the week talking about who's the third best guy we thought it was rory rum and then who else Pretty clear, pretty clearly Scotty Scheffler. Pretty clearly Scotty Scheffler at this point. And I love the kind of symmetry or the loop that we've closed here on this, where this entire ascension starts 12 months ago at this mm. event. And the five victories that he's had since then are in the third, are in 13 of the strongest fields that we've had. There, there's no weak ones here. It's two Phoenix Opens. It's the Masters, obviously, Bay Hill and the match play. And when you look at his statistical profile, Mark, it's been basically the same for a year. A ton of great tee to green play. If you gain a couple of strokes with the putter, you end up hoisting a trophy on Sunday. Yeah, and, and I'll leave the statistical thing to you, but as I watch him play and to use your play on words, the words I would use would be consistency and reliability because that's who Scotty Scheffler is to me. You know, when he swings a golf club, he's, you're not gonna, he's not going to blow your hair back with technique, but he's a shot maker and hits the ball squarely. And when he's out there, he finds a way to put a score on the board and and to that Rick he is a competitor of biblical proportion because manning up against the John Rahm today Rahm cuts a big figure all right and Scotty did not bat an eyelid and all of the victories he's been up for it every single time and that sort of goes back to the golf he plays at Royal Oaks in Dallas when he goes out there it's all competition he's a shot maker he finds a way and he's just consistent week in and week out uh, there were boots on the ground for the entire back now and following excuse me this Scheffler group was there a moment where you felt, I 
mean, all day it felt like it was Scotty's to your point of consistency and reliability. But was there a decision, a moment, Rick, that you saw throughout the day that made you say, all right, this is Scotty's and he is that third best player in the world right now? Yeah, it was interesting because we were just waiting for Rombo, right? Mm -hmm. At least I was. I was saying, oh, man, is is Rom still in it? Does he have a chance? Because Mark's absolutely right. When you're out there on the golf course with John Rom, he he sucks up a lot of the oxygen and and he gets a lot of the eyeballs. And you start to forget that Scotty Scheffler is, is front running and Nick Taylor is there. Obviously, the eagle uh, that he made on 13 was kind of the turning point. Yeah. And then when you start getting into that stretch of holes, you get to 15, that's an opportunity. And then 16, to get to get up and down from where he was mm. on the left-hand side after taking a drop from the grandstands, I mean, it's it's top-notch stuff. Yeah, it, it was interesting. You know, Rom, I loved what you said there, Ray, because Rom is kind of the axis around, you know, kind of everything spins around him. And then Scheffler's just sort of this unassuming. If, if, if the number one player in the world can be unassuming, Scotty Scheffler's unassuming. You kind of forget. And then he's got a 20-footer for Eagle on 13, yeah. and he buries it. And then, you know, kind of the uh, the Vince Carter dot gift moment, the, the dagger was uh, was the putt on, on 16, you yeah. know, to make that 15-footer. That, that was pretty much it. Have you ever seen Kyle Porter in real life tweet a Vince Carter dot gift? Because I saw it today. <laughs> no, I, it's an event. I mean, I still remember when I met Vince and I said, you guys, yeah. in real time. Um, that putt you talk about. Um, I remember as a young man learning golf back in South Africa, I had this wily old pro and he said to me, he goes, Mark, let your golf clubs do the talking. And to your point, Scotty is unassuming, doesn't say very much. He's polite to everybody, but when he gets a golf club in his hand, he turns into an assassin. I mean, this guy backs down for nobody and another South Africanism. Everyone says over there that cometh the moment, cometh the man. And that putty made on 16, it wasn't made, Joe. This thing was buried like into the heart with perfect speed. And with Nick Taylor coming in behind there, there was no chance on God's green earth that Nick was going to make that putt because Scotty made the putt. Fist bump to the big gallery there on 16. They went bananas. And the thing was essentially iced then. And, and it spoke to who he is and how he just finds a way to put a score on the, on the card. Yeah, I think Nick's ball knew that uh, Vince was in the ether. That was it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I said, maybe we wait for the tee ball. He said, no. no now's the time. It. And it was certainly the time there at 16. Anytime someone completes one of these successful title defenses the way Scotty Scheffler just did here in Phoenix, maybe it's worth examining the intersection of person and place, KP. Why is he such a good match here? Well, th- this week, you know, it, it's really interesting, Joe, because last year uh, he did not hit the ball that well in terms of his iron play. You know, it, statistic- the statistical profile of his win last year very different than his win this year where he led an approach. He led from tee to green. He led from out in front uh, over the last several days. And, you know, when you're leading the, the field in approach, when you're, hit every- you're hitting everything whole high, like Rick and I talked about, I think we talked about that on, on Saturday night. It, 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 this is not true, but it felt like every single approach was whole high 10 footer 12 footer 15 footer when you have that many putts even if you're not putting it great which he was he putted fine this week it wasn't the best putting performance he's ever had you to give yourself that many opportunities you're gonna you're gonna be competitive kp i want to build on that that is such a good take especially around here now look Week in and week out, if you hit the ball the right distance, you are going to get better looks. Your proximity numbers will be improved. But around here, this Tom Weisskopf, Jay Morris design, the greens have got a lot of movement in them. And if you hit the ball the right distance, it doesn't get repelled by these humps and hollows. And you don't have to put up and over plateaus because there were times over these last few rounds where the winds and the sun and the low humidity, these greens were scary downhill. And there was a fright factor to them. So when you hit in the ball the right distance, 
putts are a whole lot less complicated, and so you can play a bit more offense. So that's a really sound take. We've had a couple of really good runs here at TPC Scottsdale. Hideki went through a great stretch. Ricky Fowler went through a great stretch. John Rom's still in the midst of said great stretch. But what Scotty Scheffler has done in the last three years is pretty special. 40 strokes gained in total wow. over, what's that, 12 rounds? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. 3.3 strokes Tiger gained S- per S- round. Tiger S. We'll go there. Because it's basically similar to Tiger's 2007 season mark. Seven wins in 16 starts that year. That's pretty good. Yeah, I find it hard to compare golfers to Tiger. It's just not fair because when Tiger was at his best, he had no peer. And and everyone aspires to be like him. I mean, Scotty Scheffler uses the same irons as Tiger, yes. wears his shoes. Uh, it basically does everything Tiger Woods did. And look, it's proving itself because he played like Tiger today. He didn't back down. Well, it's interesting because you, can, you, you can't compare any player to Tiger, but you can compare these little snippets. Right. Yeah, the yeah, moments, these little, the these little windows. That, that yeah. Jason Day window, and this you, John Rahm window, that Scotty Scheffler window. You add them all up, you get the Tiger. Yeah, and so you say, like, oh, this window is what Tiger's, it, you know, seven years was like. Yeah. And it's, it's a fun comparison. I think it makes... It actually probably makes Tiger look better than the person that you're, yeah. you're comparing to him. But uh, to compare anybody to Tiger, I think, you know, for these little windows is kind of fun. I think some of what I'm hearing from Mark, too, is complimentary to this course. We'll get there in a moment. I want to keep working down this leaderboard. And right there, we have to talk about Nick Taylor, who consistency and reliability comes to mind when you're talking about the performance he put on Super Bowl st- Sunday. Stands in the pocket. Edge rushers like Rom and, and, and others coming at him when you take a look at this leaderboard standing there alongside Scheffler. For him to have performed the way he did in this moment, cash the check that he does now, Kyle tells you what about Nick Taylor? Well, it was it was super impressive. First of all, what you played football? What position would John Rahm have played? I need him as a, like a pulling guard. Like there's athleticism there, but low base. I think like, we, I think we get him on the outside. We run some edge stuff with if, him. If yeah. I'm if I'm if I'm running like a pitch to Rick and Rahm is pulling, yeah, it's over. Well, also I'm going to need a lot more than John. With Rahm. all due respect, <laughs> smaller back so we can get maybe get him hidden back. That's six yards. Yeah, I'm tough. To find. That's it. If John Rahm comes running at you, <laughs> he could play anywhere on the defensive line. I've stood next to that guy, and the way he he'll, he looks through you, KP. I mean, the two the two guys that I do not ever want running at me: John Rahm, Ernie Els. That's a good. That's a call. Nightmare. Well, nightmare. Mark, give me a little Canadian football here. If we're talking Nick Taylor, he was really, really impressive. The way he comported himself across this course and across these four days. You know, Joe, to me, is emblematic of a lot of golfers on the tour. Where people are like, who's Nick Taylor? But Nick Taylor is a former world number one amateur. Mm. Was an All America at the University of Washington. He's won twice on tour at good golf courses in Sanderson Farms down in Jackson, Mississippi, and of course at Pebble Beach. So, look, he's no scrub, and the way he played today that because you're in there with two titans of the game in Rahm and Scheffler mm-hmm. and he held his own. I, what he shoot like in the mid-60s? 65. And so, round of his week, if I'm not... Best, a, best round of the week? And he yeah. still doesn't win. I mean, yeah. it, it, that, that has to be so... <laughs> just... I, I don't know if it's frustrating because he made $2.2 million, but it's got to be just a, a, a mind bend where you're like, I, what do you want me to do? I'm playing in the final round of an elevated event. I shoot 65. I don't... He made two bogeys all week, yeah. and he and he doesn't really. You, you we were out there. You you never really think, oh, Nick Taylor's going to win. Here comes Nick Taylor. There was yeah. not that moment, and and that's just for guys like Nick Taylor. That's what makes events like this so extraordinarily difficult. I will say, I want we can talk about this, Rick. He made a little business decision over here on fifteen. He, I thought so. He lays up from about two forty. Uh, with the tournament kind of still in the balance. And the reason he did that, he finishes solo second. So he gets $2.18 million. 
That's good business. Good business. <laughs> His three biggest seasons ever, Rick. Seasons. Seasons. Not events. Seasons. 1.8, 1.2, 1.0. He made 2.2 today alone. Yeah, pretty good. It's very hard to win on tour. We get an example of that seemingly every single week. We, we talk about it. You go, you go to sleep two shots back in a full field, elevated event. You shoot a 65. You don't make up any ground. You beat everybody not named Scotty Scheffler by three strokes. Yeah. You don't get a trophy for that. We were, we were over there at 15. We watched him lay up, and we said, oh, man, that's, that's protecting a little bit. Of money, Mark. You gave us a little bit of insight. Yeah. A little bit in between clubs. wasn't wasn't sure about what he had there. Well, yeah, that's this is where I take offense to you guys and your <laughs> statistics, right? Um, Just go for it. Oh mm, um, the thing about that second shot there, we had some conversation um, during the break in the show, and he was just at that number where he was between a long iron, or between long irons, and for that front hole location, anything coming in there hot and long, and I was watching golfers nearly put the ball off the green, and if you're missing any of those two bunkers, you're essentially making five, and he was just backing himself with a wedge in hand, because from there, you can spin something in there tight and still make four, so was it business? Sure. You've got to bear in mind, too, with some of this over seeded grass, it gets a little moist so the ball tends to want to nestle down some so the thing always, isn't always perked up and when the thing's on the line and you know stuff is tightening up and you're on the fourth to last hole. And What's tightening up? Your sphincter, you know stuff, that thing, right? Stuff, <laughs> stuff, stuff is tightening up. You know picking a long iron out of a tight lie over mm -hmm. water, that's not the easiest thing in the world I don't care if you got the name on the bag or not it's real. We, uh, we were standing behind him nowhere to miss it there. There, no. there is not a good option B standing over that ball so whether it was a business decision or not Commendable effort here uh, by Nick Taylor. Really, this week. a really cool week for him too. You know, and I, I saw some people talking about this on Twitter. There's a lot of talk about okay, what are these elevated designated events going to be in 2024? Because this is sort of a this is a middle year where this is not what things. It's different than last year, but it's not what things will eventually be. And it's like, okay, are you gonna are you gonna make these events smaller? Are you gonna close them? Are you gonna just have the top players? I, I think having a Nick Taylor in the field, Rick, is it it, it, it gives some um, it gives some depth to kind of what's unfolding. It it, it kind of sh it kind of uh, reveals just how good John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler are. Right. When somebody like Nick Taylor's going out and shooting sixty five and still can't win, and I think to remove guys like that from the field, I think would be a mistake by the PGA Tour. Yeah, we talk about the depth of the PGA Tour all the time. This is an, another great example of it. I mean, I, I joked last night we can't shake the Canadians, right? Adam Hadwin and <laughs> Nick Taylor. I mean, they were they were in the mix throughout. And both of them were in just superstar pairings and, and hardly blinking. So another just, you know, tally on how deep this tour actually is. Yeah. And just a reminder, the PGA Tour is a membership organization. And, yes, look, the top 20, the PIP guys, they drive the ratings. They drive the sponsorships. they basically the cash cow. But the PGA Tour is a membership place. And the commissioner and the folks down in Ponte Vedra have to look after their membership. And so I love to see these stories because, look, even a John Rahm was a Nick Taylor once. Yeah. yeah the, you, you've got to start somewhere. And when you give these youngsters – I mean, if I'd thrown Tom Kim at you mm. – a year ago, you would be like, who? Now he's a star, and he's yeah. a bona fide star. So it, it, you've got to have the fields the way they are, KP, and, and I think it's a really cool thing that way. 
emboldening moments here, I think it's fair to say, for Nick Taylor as he now knows he can play with just about anybody in the world. What do you say we get the pads pop and talk about the pulling guard here for a moment? Because I think relative to expectation that he set out in front of himself this season, the way he has performed, maybe a disappointing Sunday for John Rom. fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, anytime John Rom doesn't win, it's disappointing. Uh, you know, we were talking about this during the final round. Uh, it... it, it it didn't even feel like he played that well this week. Statistically, right. he did. But compared to how he's been playing, I mean, he's lost to 19 guys. He's lost to 19 players in his last nine events. Mm. So over the last nine golf tournaments that John Rahm has played in, only 19 guys across all nine of those events is probably, off the top of my head, 1,200 players have beaten him, which is a joke. Like, that, that doesn't happen. And, yeah, he didn't get it done on Sunday, but I, I don't know that – it, the thing that it told me was that his floor is basically Nick Taylor's ceiling, which is terrifying if you're a Nick Taylor, if you're somebody that's kind of in that middle class of PGA Tour player. Yeah, when we were out there walking with that final group, it, it's a lot different when you're seeing every shot, you're seeing their reaction to everything, what they were trying to do, if they were able to actually accomplish it. And and I mean this with all due respect, I thought John Rahm got the most out of his game this week. I didn't think hmm. he had it. I didn't think he had his best yeah. stuff. And you still, you go out and you beat the vast majority of this absolutely stacked field, and he made a lot of mistakes. He had a lot of shots that he didn't like. I thought Scotty Scheffler got like the most medium out of his game you know I think I don't think he left a ton of strokes out there but I didn't think that he I thought he just played up to average and his average is very very good Scheffler kind of got the result that if you played it out a thousand times that you would just get and and John Rahm uh, you saw especially coming down the stretch mark it it, it was a lot of frustration Mm. it was a lot of shots that he felt like he missed but again that's a compliment when you can finish third in a field like this with that stuff yeah no kidding Uh, Tom Kim said it best Uh, Kim was out here last week before the event and played a practice round with he and uh, a couple other guys some celebrities the name slips my mind but Kim's like you know John Rahm really good at golf and that's the reality <laughs> and if you news. had to if you had to say to him look john you statistically were sound that would be scant consolation for what he expects because that floor you speak of john rom isn't playing for third let's be real i mean you think about tiger woods back in the day you know he was asked he goes i'm here to win second is first loser and that's what john rom is thinking like and from a just a purely technical point of view, I just don't think the golf swing was completely there. Uh, he was aiming that fade shot well left, and so he's basically playing geometry. Where you're looking hard left, the fairways down there, there's trouble on the left. It's hard to swing down the line and make a cut shot start left. So there was a bunch of stuff that was starting and turning left, and as soon as he starts missing left, that's when stuff gets dangerous because then he has to overcut that fade, and that's probably what you were seeing. And right. there was one shot coming in there, 15, where. He's got a long iron in hand. Arguably, for me, he's the best long iron player on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And he rinses the thing there on 15, and that was basically that. That Yeah, and and to Mark's point, you know, this this week, I thought he lost the golf tournament off the tee. He lost – that was the only category that he really lost strokes in. We saw – I mean, even even the shots that – um, would hit the fairway. They were they were fading. They were like cutting really hard and then snapping back like mm. onto this kind of straight ball. It was it didn't look like his natural kind of kind of fade shot off the tee. Uh, Joe, he 
his driving accuracy this week was about 55% compared to his normal of 65%. So there's a limiting factor. And right I think there. that tells the story. That's not the driving accuracy is not the greatest stat, but I think it does tell a story because normally John Rahm at 65% is like the dispersion was wider this week. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this early in the in the week. Remember at TPC Scottsdale, if your dispersion off the tee gets too wide, you're going to be in some places that really limit your ability to score. And he found himself in some places right out here at 11, which is the the hole that we're sitting next to. It's that kind of cutting a cut too far off the tee leaves himself in a bad spot shorts the second shot just almost flubbed it and then he 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 has such a hard time getting up and down from where he was at i know some pray at the altar of the statistic others do not here's a statistic i think everybody can get on board with it's cleared over six million dollars already this season we are seven weeks until major season begins fantastic work by john rom it is not the results he was looking for here on sunday although yeah who needs live huh? <laughs> Seriously. Talk to me. Is, I mean, he I'm, is stacking chips on the yeah, PGA Tour. There's no doubt about he that. He is. Scotty Scheffler set the record for most money earned in a season last year. I think it was around $14 million. The second most earned, Jordan Spieth in 2015 at $12 million. Mm. Rom is over halfway there. Haven't, haven't played a major and have played, well, I guess we played two elevated events. He's played how many? Four events? Yeah. Well, he played in the fall, so I think he's played five. Fifth oh, event. Right. Okay. Fifth he played, event this he played the CJ Cup. Uh, let's keep it technical, and you just mentioned the name, so let's go there next. Some names in this field, obviously massive field. First elevated designated event of the season, so we had our Justin Thomases. We had our Jordan Speeds. Those guys early in the week maybe didn't bring the game that we expected, but there they are, first page of the leaderboard when we're looking at it all set and done. Let's go on speed for a second here because uh, Twitter was a buzz with the putting stroke today, but you walked with the man. You saw every putt that he struck a day ago. Mark, what did you make of that aspect of his game this week? <laughs> I thought he putted fine. Yeah. Uh, you know... Jordan Spieth is a curious case. He's like a conundrum to me because if you watch him drive it off the tee, he's always fighting one side of the golf course. You hit an iron shot. You know, you watch Rory hit an iron shot, and it's like, wow. And you watch John Rahm hit an iron shot, and it's like blows your hair back. And Jordan hits them, and then then they end up close. But it just doesn't have that wow factor. The workman-like. Exa- yeah, exactly. It's blue collar the mm-hmm. way he plays. And, and then you put him within 50 yards of the target, and he turns into... He's angelic. I mean, it's like a symphony with a wedge in the hand. And the way he putted in round three, to me, was fine. Every putt he missed was on the high side. It was just leaking pace. And and to make putts coming down the stretch, you have to have pace down. And I just thought he wasn't reading the green so well. Now, that is a part of good putting. K- KP makes the point. But still, you put him on certain surfaces when he starts to see lines. I don't think there's any issue technically whatsoever with a stroke. I think the fundamentals are there right now. Zoom out. I think it's a better than expected result for sure I mean, coming off of last coming week? off a of pebble yeah. where he looked lost at a place that he's dominated which generally serves as a litmus test heading into major championship season for him and to come here whereas we've talked about all week long the more wild you are off the tee the more trouble you're able to get into and he's got a, a tendency to spray it Kyle so I mean I think if you just zoom out this would be a great takeaway for Jordan Speed. yeah I, I definitely agree with that you know he was second in approach play this week third in proximity and 51st in putting. So whether it's reading or stroke or whatever it is, it it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And if it is just reading greens, I think that's something that you have to go into Riv and Bay Hill and the players in Augusta feeling kind of more optimistic, certainly more optimistic than we felt last week after Pebble, right? Oh, oh, of course. Yeah, to to do it at a place that he probably shouldn't have. Yeah, I need to say this. Reading greens next week? (laughs) 
That's like reading hieroglyphics, okay? <laughs> <laughs> With that Poenia grass there around river, everyone is going to struggle. From five feet and in, I've seen numbers where it's, it's like the least uh, rate of uh, efficiency on the PGA Tour. So next week, I'm prepared to throw out. But you give us Bay Hill players, those sorts of champion Bermuda Greens, then, then we start cooking. If anybody, if anybody could read hieroglyphics on a putting green, <laughs> you're on to something. It would be Jordan's speed. Uh, Mark... Mark made the co- I can't remember what he said, but uh, if for some reason in my head popped Sean Marion mm-hmm. as a Jordan Spieth comp across, you watch it. Sean. It doesn't really make sense, yeah. but from in close, he's incredible. We saw Sean Marion. I was last gonna say night. I think you just have Sean Marion on the mind. We were at an event with him last night. He, I think you're just trying to work that in. He's he's the Matrix. It kind of works for Speed. Uh, uh, this week worked. Elevated, designated, call it what you want. Just call me when it's happening because it was fantastic. We get another elevated one this week at Riv. We'll get to Riv. But in this moment, this course, this leaderboard, the golf that was produced, Mark, is this a ringing endorsement of the current setup that we have here on the PGA Tour? Yes. Resoundingly, yes. And then, look, this event stands apart because of the Coliseum and the number of fans. And it's, it's the world's biggest outdoor party. But the PGA Tour is legit, and the competition is legit. And you saw the blue chips show out at this event, and, and the television ratings, I'm sure, are going to be fantastic. You're in Phoenix, um, you know, with the Super Bowl just down the way. It, it was it was an incredible week. It, it was it was just fun to be a fan and, and to walk inside the ropes and just to sense the buzz. I mean, personally, we were standing on 15 green this afternoon, and Sung JM putted out, came and stood next to me, and sort of chit chat a little bit. And then uh, Jason Day came over, and he was like, "Man." It's quiet compared to yesterday, mm-hmm. isn't it? And it was still loud out there <laughs> yeah. today. And that shows you what Saturday at the Waste Management Phoenix Open was. It was incredible. And for the for the tourist sex, Kyle, I think it's a huge boon. So what I'm hearing is that Mark Immelman wants more events like the WM Phoenix <laughs> Open. Is that where you were taking me? Um, quite content to <laughs> go home. <laughs> a one-off. No, I, I think I th- Rick and I were talking about this. I think Rick's take on this is very good of, of leaning into – and this is my whole – honestly, this is like my whole bit with the normal sport thing. Leaning into some of the absurdity. It's absurd that there's a 25,000-person stadium around a benign golf Beautifully hole. absurd. It, 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 it's, it's, it's insane. And I think that – I think the Phoenix Open does such a good job of – and it's not one person. It's – Ricky Fowler was talking about this. It's been built up over several years. It does such a good job, Rick, of leaning into right. um, the – it doesn't take itself too seriously, and, and, and but it's also a great tournament. And that that combination, you it's hard to recreate that. You think it can be recreated maybe some other places, but it's very difficult to I, do. I think that works here. I don't think it would ever work at Riff, right? We're like, the, the, it's going to be a completely the contrast between this week and next week are going to be stark. The only thing they're going to have in common is that they're elevated events. So what do you what do you lean into at Riff? Because I think I think my issue is sometimes is that the PGA Tour takes itself way too seriously, and then that it, it's almost like, well, we're going to take ourselves very seriously. But there's also four big events, like the four majors right. that take themselves seriously that you can't compete with. So how do you how do you lean into kind of a regular season mindset? At a place like Rick. So what I thought the tour was building the blueprint for was to lean into holes at every single golf okay. course or a okay. stretches or a group of holes, yeah. right? There was a time, and you don't hear about them so much anymore, but you have the horrible horseshoe and you've got uh, the Snake undertow. Was it, yeah, yeah you've, 
all of them, right? And, and I thought what the tour was building was an opportunity to market these stretches and almost have it be like that. This closing stretch is unbelievable out here. And they don't all have to be party atmospheres, but there's got to be something, right? Whether you are uh, embracing, I don't know, the, uh, whatever it is for each for each community, I thought that just leaning into something your identity. needs to happen. This yeah. place your knows identity. its identity Correct. and it leans all the Create way Create an identity. Yeah. yeah, and to that, I, I think you've nailed it. Uh, and if we were comparing to Riv next week, I would say the identity there is sort of regal. Mm-hmm. And it's very much Hollywood glitterati. You go in the clubhouse and you see these pictures of the folks and they've all got stars on Hollywood Boulevard kind of thing. And that's what that golf course is, where this place is very much a party. And I want to do a Kyle Porter thing and start something here. This okay. is on the record. This golf course, the TPC Scottsdale, needs to get a President's Cup. For wow. The- if the PGA Tour can you ima- can you imagine a President's Cup at this place? Give these people another reason to yell. No I'm kidding. In. No kidding. Now for the international team coming in, it's good luck. Gonna, it's going to be possible. <laughs> We're going to make you the captain, Mark. <laughs> no, but the way the course lays out, to your point, to the holes, the fans, how they show out, the weather that you have, Scottsdale, Phoenix, uh, it, it just checks every box. So. Starts here. Let, I, let's start the let's start the petition. See, you don't have to convince me. I, I do like Rick's take about leaning into a specific part of your course because I think when that when that happens and it's very concentrated, mm-hmm. there's spillover everywhere else, right? Because sixteen, I mean, sixteen is not even a good hole. Yeah, it's fine. It's a wedge. It, it's a it's an but, it's a. <laughs> it, 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 I would, okay. It's a tough wedge, yeah. but it's a wedge. It, it is. It is a very it was a six simple, iron today, boys. <laughs> very simple, benign we hole gusting. that is probably one of the three or four most recognizable holes on tour. And that's exactly what I'm saying is that when you have something like that that you make into a thing, the spectacle of 16 is greater than the act, than the hole itself. You've got other holes like 10 at Riviera. You could wow. lean into 10 at Riviera. You don't have to make it look like that, but you could make being at 10 at Riviera like a thing. You could make it a spectacle. You make it, hey, like I want to be seen at 10 at Riviera. And what that creates is spillover yeah. into into the rest of throw, the course. Throw up the red carpet around 10. Put some put some stars out there with players' names on it. Like, build, everybody should want to be at 10. They have a, they have a five-row grandstand there. You guys. It's not worth it. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense. The only issue is, and that's one of the reasons why this place would be perfect for President's Cup, because of the space. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they do awesome. have room to build this stuff out. Rivet's intimate. It's old school. You're down through this valley. There's these huge, huge houses on either side. So alongside 10, it's the size you know of the do? set yeah. over here. You and can't you do charge 10,000 bucks to get in and all, all of Hollywood will be there. We were brainstorming floating a grandstand off 7 at Pebble, but that one got shot down. Yeah, quick. we were thinking, you know, the rocks, you got to get it into hey, the ocean. Listen, it's it's a, just a matter of buoyancy at that point. Yeah. If it's a, the buoy. The buoy, yeah, the, the buoy, buoy. The buoy might be out there. It's uh. If Pebble's an elevated event, I'm all for it. All right, float, float the grandstand. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the 
jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. It sounds like we're ready to go there, so let's take it from Scottsdale uh, Road to Hollywood Boulevard, where the stars will again be out. 23 of the top 25 in the official world golf ranking, and oh, one Eldrick Tiger Woods will also be in the field. Plenty to celebrate next week as well, KP. How are you wrapping your head around all that's going to happen next week on tour? Yeah, the crooked official world golf rankings, according to some on Twitter. Listen, Rick and I were actually talking about this coming back from lunch today. There's usually, when you have a big event like this, and this felt big time, it really did. I, I don't know if that's how it came across on TV, TV, but being out here, it felt big time. There's usually kind of a, a, a like you come off of that and it, there's like a, a cooling off period. No. We're going up again because we're going to Riv. And it, it's different than this place, but I, I'm just so excited about these elevated events. Um, I, I The tour for all the things that it's you know gotten wrong or messed up it i think it's kind of nailing the des- the elevated designated events with all the top guys there at these great courses i'm i'm fired up about riv we have learned and i'm going to do the golf grip while i say this we have learned overlap not interlock I, i'm an overlapper he's a tiger woods generation <laughs> golfer that sport and golf is star driven, right? We see it in the NBA, we see it in the NFL, we see it everywhere. Golf is no different from that. So, any chance that you can get to get 20, 25, 30 of the best players in the world at any course, in any event, people care about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we got this week. It made it feel like a major championship to a player, to a caddy. They told us that all week long. And then, Mark, we are going to inject the big cat into it. It doesn't get any better. Uh, for me, Riviera is one of those courses that, as a true golf junkie, you just want to go there. And you just want to walk in the places that legends have walked. I mean, this is Hogan's Alley, right? Yeah. He's won the LA Open three times. He won a U.S. Open in the same year. He won at that golf course four times in three years. It, it's incredible to walk around there and you go in the clubhouse and you see the images of all these Hollywood superstars and stuff. And, and the role of honor there. You've got Sam Snead, Byron Nelson, Hogan, everyone except for Woods. 
you know, obviously wants to change that by showing up. Um, so it's special. But then I just want to say, Joe, next week, Elevated, then there's, I hate to say, deference to the Honda Classic. I'm going there. I'm looking forward to it. A week off-ish. Mm. And then you've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Players' Championship. So it just continues to ramp up. And then, oh, right around the corner, there's that little Invitational in Augusta, Georgia in early Inside April. Inside 60 you, days. Yeah. Mark's going to try to get the Memphis treatment from Palm Beach that they give you. <laughs> I'm learning from Kyle. How, <laughs> how, many ta- how many times do you think there's been a year where Riv was the second best of uh, golf course played in L.A. in that year? Wow. That's strong. Yeah. That is a deep conversation, but it is one for another day. So the final words for me will be thank you, gentlemen, for welcoming me onto the First Cut Podcast. This has been a blast of the week, uh, of a week, excuse me, to see this from all angles. We've done it the last couple of days. It's worked out nicely. Sure. Rick Gaiman, you take us home. Yeah, big thanks. All the hard work behind the scenes. These are unbelievable staff we have here for Mark Immelman, for Joe Musso, for Kyle Porter. I'm Rick Gaiman. This has been the First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.